Hey guys, it's Dr. J. And Apostle Sherman. And we are so excited that you have tuned in for this week's message. We pray that it blesses you and helps to transform your life and the direction that God has for you. Enjoy the message. He is faithful. He is worthy to be praised. I don't know about you, but I didn't see 2020 going quite this way. Just a little bit different than what I expected, but I am encouraged in the Lord. You may be seated. Thank you guys so much. Welcome to Freedom Sunday. All right, it cooled down a little bit. Y'all all right? Y'all all right? Sun went down. All right. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8 and verse 18. Everything has been so amazing this weekend. Who was at Freedom Conference this weekend? Woo woo! It has been quite the weekend, very different. But I think that it's necessary sometimes for God to shake us up out of what we're used to. And if we can't worship in our homes and we can't receive the word in our homes, and we got a bigger problem than COVID-19. So bless God that we were able to shift um, with the transition that we had to make online. But I'm happy to see you guys in person. Woo -woo. If you're at Romans 8 and 18, it reads uh, in the NIV version, I consider that our present sufferings are not comparable to the glory that will be revealed in us. Why? Because the creation waits in eager expectation for the revelation of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not by its own will, but because of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. When we think about freedom, it's important to remember that freedom is not just about personal sin. At a personal level, it is that redemption from sin. But when we read in the word, the purpose of freedom is not about you. The purpose of freedom is for the deliverance of all of creation. On a corporate level, we are brought into freedom so that we can literally take part of a new community, which is called the body of Christ. And then it takes it further, and it says that this redemption, if we look in Acts 3 and 21, it says that this redemption is not just for your personal sin to come out of it. It's not just for the corporate body for you to become a part of this new fellowship and community, but it literally is for all of the cosmos, which is why when it talks about creation, literal creation is moaning and groaning and waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God, not the manifestation of you like you are but the manifestation of the free you. Why? Why are they waiting on you? Because freedom does not stop with just that deliverance process. But God is calling us not just to live free, but to live free out loud. Can you say free out loud? 
free out loud. And so when we think about being free out loud, freedom becomes a lot larger than just this inner healing and this inner transformation. It feels great to have your devils cast out. You can sleep better at night. Uh, You breathing in, breathing out, got the buckets, the tears, whatever it is that you got going on, and you feel individually free. But there's a such thing as being selfishly free. So if you have been made free and others have not been changed because of your freedom, then you are not living freedom the way that it was designated for us to live. Why? Because freedom is to extend all of life. When we are free, uh, we are to be free inwardly as well as outwardly. If we watch the ministry of Jesus, when Jesus set people free, there was an outward expression of the inner transformation that he facilitated in their lives. You don't believe me? Let's go back to the word. When we look at the Bible, there are several stories. The Samaritan woman, the crippled woman, Simon Peter's mother-in-law, all these different people who dealt with actual issues and immediately upon their freedom, they went into action. And so your life was meant to be a live demonstration. Anybody ever dissected anything in science? Y'all dissected stuff in science? I'll never forget. I took AP bio, sophomore year, AP bio. It's a long time ago, y'all, and I still remember. We came in the class. And when I tell you the smell, the smell of that classroom that day, and I looked at my teacher, I loved, I loved my teacher, I probably low-key had a crush on my teacher, but that's another story. And the teacher said, today, we are going to be dissecting sheep eyes. And I was like, mighty God, okay? And I wasn't like calling on him, I was swearing, you know what I mean? And... We got into dissecting these sheep eyes, and it's really interesting because before that day of dissection, we had been looking at pictures, we had been reading, and we had all the information conceptually. But it wasn't until we actually dissected a live sheep eye in front of us that we got the full revelation of really what we had read about, what we had heard about, what our teacher had told us about. It takes that live dissection. I I have some news for you. You are that live dissection. Your life is meant to be lived as a demonstration. That's why the word says, and there shall be a performance. It's not a performance that you won't be a part of. Your life is a live demonstration, and it can't be done without the stench. There was no way that we were going to dissect those sheep eyes without the stench of that sheep eye in that room. But many of us, we've tried to live free lives, but we want to ignore and we want to cover up the stench of what we've been through. So you want to be a living vessel, but you want to get rid of the stench. Funny thing about it is kids were asking that day, is it real? Is it real? And I'm like, do you smell it? It smells real to me. People have questioned um, deliverance. People have questioned freedom. People have questioned salvation. 
but there's something about the realness and the rawness of the process of your freedom that makes your freedom undeniable. Every time you experience a new level of freedom, your outward expression should drastically change. You shouldn't have to tell people about what God has done in your life because it should be a demonstration. We should literally be able to see from day to day, from your conversation, from your operation, from the way you interact with others, from the way you raise your kids, from the way that you talk to your husband, from the way that you talk to your wife, from the way you lead your household, from the way you are on your job. Every single thing that you do should be a demonstration of freedom. When you go tomorrow, or you might go home by yourself to work, but when you get on that Zoom tomorrow and they see something different about you, it should not have to be explained that you have experienced another level of freedom. Who's been a freedom conference before? Who's been to Freedom Conference for three years? Five years of Freedom Conference. Six years of Freedom Conference. Seven years of Freedom Conference. Have it been eight? Okay, eight years of Freedom Conference. (laughs) And every year we experience some level of freedom. But if your outward expression has not drastically changed from those deliverance sessions, from listening to that teaching, then you haven't really experienced the level of freedom that God has for us. There are certain things, there are certain qualities of what free men and women do. Turn with me to Luke chapter 4 and verse 38. I'm going to read the story just a little bit of it, but here we get to see the story of Simon Peter's mother-in-law. And it says, Jesus left the synagogue. Luke 4 and 38, Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. And now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever. And they asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over her and he rebuked the fever and it left her. Y'all caught that, right? Fevers can be what? Amen. She got up at once and began to wait on them. Some versions say serve them. And then it says, at sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness and laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Moreover, demons came out of many people shouting, you are the son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew that he was the Messiah. The first sign that you know that you are walking as a free man and woman is that you rescue others by serving them. No church should ever have to have a serving campaign. And I pastor a church. I've been pastoring a church for 10 years. We've had at least 20 serving campaigns. Why? Because you have to convince people of their freedom. The word makes it extremely clear. As a sign of her freedom, she immediately got up and served. And so we don't serve because the church need help. We don't serve because pastor don't have muscles because pastor got muscles. We don't serve because there is a lack in the house, but we serve as a sign of freedom. So I know you got your devil cast out. I know you cried a lot, but a 
true outward expression of your freedom is that you serve. I'm not making this up. Read it. It said immediately. And he rebuked the fever. I'm reading this and I'm thinking it's very interesting the way that they discuss how her freedom came to be. We as a church, um, as a large body, I'm not saying y'all per se, but we get overly concerned when it comes to other people knowing about the details of our freedom, almost even offended. If I were to stand somebody out up right now and say, I rebuke lust, first thing that will come to mind is you embarrassed for her. Did she just call her lust? And we get overly concerned. But part of freedom is this outward demonstration of exactly what has come out of you. Free men and women, they serve others. She was healed immediately. We read Galatians 5 and 13. It says, for you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Don't use your freedom for a platform. That's not how it works. Don't use your freedom as a launching pad for your ministry. That's not how it works. Don't use your freedom to get attention. That's not how it works. But it says, through love, what? Serve one another. Your greatest act and outward expression of freedom is that you serve. Jesus himself is a strength restorer. We say that he holds all power in his hands. He heals, and then immediately our reaction is supposed to be that we get up and serve. He brings us into places of ministry. He brings us into the body of Christ. He brings us into community for the purposes of serving one to another. And your level of service is an indicator of really how free you are. Some of the versions say, the, let the greatest among you be what? A servant. Greatly free. We have not been made free if we have not hold, caught a hold onto the heart of Jesus, which is to serve. A lot of times freedom feels like, yes, I'm free. Now I can go out there and I can live my life to the absolute fullest. Maybe. Only if you catch a hold of what God wants you to do with that freedom. God didn't free you to be a greater you. God freed you so that you could be a better version of who he created you to be. You can't be a better you if you're not his version of what he created you to do. Y'all don't like the service part, but that's okay. That's our, it's the word. So I don't feel rejected at all. I just know that you're rejecting the word. Amen. So the second thing that free men and women do is they change entire communities. If we keep looking at the story here of Simon Peter's mother-in-law, it's interesting because it's almost like we immediately jump from she's in the bed, she's suffering, she can't get out the bed, she's got a fever, he rebukes the fever, and then one verse later, all these people are coming and getting healed and demons are being cast out of people immediately. Why? Because he has called us to freedom, not because of our own independence, but he frees us for a community. Free men and women change the communities around them as an expression of their freedom. It doesn't say that she made more money after he, rebu after he rebuked the fever. 
It doesn't say that she herself became famous after he rebuked the fever. It doesn't even say that she took better care of her family after he rebuked the fever. But what it says is all of the sudden there was a change in the city all around her because of her freedom. Freedom is within the context of the law. And so when we look at the context of the law, we live by the moral of the law of Christ. And in it, we learn how to live. We learn how to love. And so I know a lot of people, they forfeited Fourth of July this year, right? They're like, we're not celebrating Fourth of July. We're not free. And I was like, that's fine if your freedom was ever set in the freedom of America. So because my freedom never had anything to do with red, white, and blue, then I went ahead and did my fireworks and barbecue because my freedom has never been associated with Independence Day. And incidentally, God has not called us into freedom even for our own independence. But what he's called us into freedom for was for dependence in a community of believers. Why? Because both here in Luke with this woman, Simon Peter's mother-in-law, as well as with the Samaritan woman, each time they went, they turned around, and they what? told everybody they knew, not I'm free, but come see a man. Your freedom is simply a channel for other people to become free. And so your inner renewal has to have some type of effect or consequences on the literal renewal of the land. What is the state of our land right now? What y'all think? We doing good? No. How's our land right now? I would say that it's pretty sick. When we read the scriptures, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, it's, it's amazing to me when you read the word because God never leaves us without an answer. And so 2 Chronicles 7, 14 says, if my people, because everybody's wondering what we should do. Right. So like people want to plan. People want to know what to do. People want to know what can I do next. But Second Chronicles 714 says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will what? Heal their land. The healed land is a sign that Christians are free. Consequently, a sick land is a sign that Christians are still bound. You can't shout on one and not shout on the second one now. I said that if the people are free, then he will heal the land. And so if the land is sick, then the Christians aren't really free. It's servant talk. I call it servant talk. People call it naughty talk. Other people call it controlling talk. Some people call it pastor won't help talk. But it's humility and it's biblical talk. He tells us exactly what to do with our freedom. You're not free if you don't pray. You're not free if you're not humble. You're not free if you don't seek his face. You're not free if you don't turn from your wicked ways. And guess what? He doesn't hear you from heaven. Some of us in this season, we've got extremely upset with God, right? 
We got extremely upset with him. Why? Because he didn't do what you wanted him to do. First things first, you got to make sure you're actually in a position to, for him to actually hear you. So it's not sometimes that he didn't do what you wanted him to do. He just simply didn't hear you because your pride was too high. And so when you lift yourself above him, he can't hear from heaven because you put yourself in a stratosphere above where he was. But you must humble yourself. Why? As a servant. Sometimes we see freedom as the goal. Freedom's not the goal. Freedom's in the middle. See, we see trials and challenges and sin, and we can't wait to get delivered and be free. The end. Freedom is the middle. He's never granting you freedom for you to do nothing with it. He gave you freedom so your community could change. He gave you freedom so that you would be the conduit for which the land would be healed. And you may feel like your freedom is taking a long time, but he's saying, I can give it to you, but what you going to do with it? But God knows. He forgives. He restores. He redeems. And he's asking you one thing. Go heal my land. Have your freedom be a sign to an entire community, to an entire people group that what? God still lives. God still heals. God still frees. God still delivers. God still saves. God still redeems. Why? Because he is the God of my salvation. But if my life, my freedom does not bear witness to who he is, then there would be no reason for him to pour freedom out upon us. There's another story of a crippled woman. You can go and read it in Luke 13 and 10. When we look at the story of this crippled woman, it says that on a Sabbath, on this day, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. And a woman was there who had been crippled by his spirit for eight years she was bent over and she could not straighten up at all when Jesus saw her he called her forward and he said to her woman be set free from your infirmity and then he put his hands on her and immediately she straightened up and she what praised God and so when we look at this woman we get two more lessons of what free men and women do in spite of the problem that she was dealing with for 18 years she found herself where planted in the synagogue planted in the place where she could receive and continue to be encouraged on her journey to freedom but what we do is that we sometimes get discouraged on that journey to freedom and we stop worshiping and we get out of position and we get out of the place where we need to be lifted up until we see the full manifestation of what God wants to do in our life but the third thing about free men and women is that they tell it all free men and women they don't hold back the details free men and women they get all out with it and they air it all out why we get concerned with what people will think but I have news for you. Half of your testimony won't get anybody delivered. People don't want to hear half of what you've been through. They want to hear the whole thing. A lot of times we feel like freedom is about winning. But freedom is not about winning. Freedom is about losing. 
I am competitive. I like to win. I wish freedom was about winning, but freedom is about losing. Freedom is about losing the copyrights to your story. As soon as God, he sees you and he sets you free, you no longer have the copyright to your story. I know you thought that you could hold on to your reputation. I know that you thought that you could hold on to your family name. I know you thought that you could hold on to everybody not knowing what you've been through, but you now have freedom and you have lost every single right to your story. The copyrights have been transferred and they've been transferred under the blood. And so now the blood owns every right to your story. If anybody has brothers and sisters, they know that brothers and sisters get into this thing where they, um, they share information or they witness information. And right before they tell, they say, ooh, I'm telling. Everybody say, ooh, I'm telling. And that's exactly how we have to be with the enemy. But we have a freedom story. And we say, ooh, I'm not telling. I'm not going to put that on my post. I'm not going to put that on my stories. I'm not getting a license plate frame with that on it. You know what I mean? What if we just start saying, you know, used to be a hoe? What if we got, what if we got bumper stickers that said, I probably slept with your husband? What if, what if we got bumper stickers said, I can't keep my fingers out of myself? What if we got bumper stickers that said, my mouth is dirtier than the gutter? What if we had bumper stickers that said, I will cheat, steal, and lie, and rob you out of everything you got but Jesus? But the problem is, you've been freed from sin, but you haven't actually been freed from yourself. You think people will reject your story, but no, you are the primary person that actually rejects your story. Trust me, there's somebody out here that wants to hear that after 20 years of masturbation, you finally got it together. Somebody wants to know that. The part of your story that you refuse to tell is actually the part that would get somebody else free. But we have church misperceptions. And we think that the Acts to Church is called to hold personal business. What is personal business in a body of believers? What is personal business when it comes to one body? What is personal business when freedom has been called to change the world around you? What is personal business which says that by the word of your testimony, others will be made free? What is personal business when somebody's life is in the balance? What is personal business when somebody's sitting next to you hurting? What is personal business when somebody is going to go home and contemplate committing suicide. But you are concerned in the church about your personal business. Somebody needs to know that your husband cheated on you and gave you HIV, but you're standing here today healthy, whole, and living a free life. Somebody needs to hear that. 
because somebody just found out that that was a predicament that they were in and there is no hope for them and there is no future for them. Why? Because they think they're the only one because the enemy has used isolation and secrecy against us. We've made personal business a thing in the church. We've made embarrassment a thing in the church. Got a little story for you. Five church people sit on a pew. One church person stands up and tells their entire story. The second church person looks at that person, laughs and ridicules them. The other three people on the pew get free. Should you tell the story or not? But we've become so concerned with the first person sitting next to us that laughs, points their fingers, and makes fun of you that the one, two, other three people on the bench can't even access their freedom. Why? Because you free but your mouth shut. Because you free but you can't tell on it. Because you free but you embarrassed. Because you free but you full of pride. When we look at Luke 13, we read about this woman, and I just call her the crippled woman because she has no name in the story. She literally is the crippled woman. We know how long she's been sick. She, we know she got crippled by a spirit. So she had a spirit that then caused her to double over and become crippled. But that's all we know. What is it about freedom? That we think when we tell our life story that it has something to do with us. When you tell your life story, or I get introduced to people, they tell me their name. They sometimes tell me their age. They tell me how many kids they have. They tell me where they live. They tell me where they grew up. They tell me where they got their degree. They tell me where they go to church. They tell me sometimes what kind of car they drive. If it's a good enough car, you know what I'm saying? If it's a good enough car, they include that in the story. But we've been telling our life story wrong. We know your age. We know your name. But what I want to know... What I got to know, what I need to know is what tried to kill you, what tried to destroy you, what tried to rob you of sleep in the night. What was it that came after your life? That's the real story that we got to tell. I want everybody to go home and change your bio. I want you to go home and change your picture. I want you to go home and change the way that you introduce yourself. Literally start writing a new introduction. I would start my introduction and I would like to say, hi, don't worry about my name. But what I'd like to tell you is pride tried to rob me out of my own uterus and caused me to be embarrassed about having premarital sex and doing things that I wasn't supposed to do. Hi, my name is the enemy lost. Hi, my name is, I used to lie all the time to make myself look better than what I actually was. Hi, I used to be embarrassed about everything about me. Hi, I used to work overly hard to people please and wear myself out. Hi, don't matter what my name is, all you need to know is the enemy lost. You don't have to be 
all the way free to tell a freedom story. You've been waiting to be 100% free. I want to tell you that there's somebody in this audience right now that needs to know that you used to do crack every single day. But as of last week, you are only doing crack once a week. Somebody, I'm telling you, somebody right now, they need to know that story. Somebody needs to know that you used to chain smoke and now you're down to a pack a week. Somebody needs to know that story. Somebody needs to know that with your first child, you were sleeping with so many men that you didn't even know who the daddy was. And now with your last child, you don't happen to be married to him, but you actually know who the daddy is. Somebody Somebody needs to know that part of your story. I don't need to know that you're ma happily married now. What I need to know is that you used to give your body away for dinner. You used to give your body away for meals. You used to give your body away for money. And God redeemed you. And he made you whole. And he restored back the time. And now you're walking in freedom. People introduce themselves in the church and they talk about how long they've been married and the beautiful children they have, but you gotta calculate the years of their anniversary and the age of their oldest child. Because this is not a story that we tell. But I guarantee you, if you would tell the worst, the dirtiest, the ugliest, the nastiest, the absolute parts of your story that make you cringe on the inside, if you would tell on that devil, then he wouldn't take those tricks and use them on the other people in the body of Christ. Why? Because we could learn from your story. The last lesson or the last thing that free men and women do is they praise God at the measure of their freedom. When we look at verse 12, it says, When Jesus saw her, he called her forward, and he said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up, and she what? praised God. Why did she respond to freedom with praise? When we think about praise, or at least for me, when I think about praise in the body of Christ, I think, well, we hope the worship team sounds good. Not so I can praise, but so the people can praise. I'm never concerned about my praise. I'm going to praise them either way. But my concern is that the body that I lead doesn't get distracted by the pops in the speakers. My concern is that they sing a song that everybody could sing along with. My concern has been, are we praising too long for the people? My concern has been, do the people understand what's going on? Now, I have to say over the years, and I know as a pastor, this may be shocking, 
But over the years, I've cared less and less about you when it comes to praise. I've cared less and less about what you would be concerned about. I care less and less about what song you like. I care less and less about how long it goes. Why? Because what I realize is that freedom and praise go hand in hand. Nobody told her, now tell him thank you for what he just did for you. Nobody told her, now lift up your hands and jump around for what he just did for you. Nobody played interference between the one who set her free and the lady that got made free but what we see in here is that immediately what did she do she straightened up and she praised her God why did she praise her God because praise is a soundtrack for freedom you can't have freedom if you don't have a soundtrack when we look at the, uh, the world these days we look at Barnes and Noble we got different bookstores and different things like that they're closing why people listen to books on tape right who got the Bible on tape it's okay, it's not bad. Remember I said you're just telling everything. So even if it was bad, it'd be okay. Okay? All right, who listen to books on tape? You listen to books on tape. Okay, for those people who listen to the books or the Bible on tape, do you put the volume on zero? Why? Because you can't hear it. Your praise is on zero. See, the, the problem is that you said you got free, but we can't hear you. You, you said that you enjoyed Freedom Conference, but I can't, I can't hear you. When you. You said that he delivered you, but I can't hear you. You said that you were saved, but I can't hear you. When you are made free. There is an audible sound that rises up from the inside of you and you literally can't shut your mouth. Why? Because it's a sign that your miracle has been delivered, has been delivered. What does it sound like to have a free people praising in one place? What does it sound like to have a community of believers that have been made free? there's a sound and when the word talks about it it says let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord what is praise it's a reminder that that you got the freedom it's a reminder that you got the victory everybody waits for a payday I know I wait for my payday I've worked really really hard and I want to see that when it's time for me to get paid that my check gets deposited and so I have news for you though hell has a payday and it's not the payday that we look forward to it is the payday that only the free look forward to it is payday for hell what does that mean it means that because God has set me free I will give a constant reminder because I have been made free I will give a constant reminder to the enemy he don't never have to wonder he don't never have to fret he never has to ponder if I ever went back, why? Because I praise. I don't have to be pumped. I don't have to be primed. How free are you? Not very free. I said, how free are you?
Wow, that was amazing. Agreed. We want you to stay connected with All Nations San Bernardino. Do not let the uplifting stop here. Join us on Facebook or Instagram for more amazing content. We want to connect with you. And guess what? If you're in town or even out of town, come visit us at All Nations San Bernardino all the way live.